Welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrew, Graham, and Dave, and uh, we're doing a tactical analysis of the Merseyside derby. Probably the best nil-nil you've ever seen in your life, but it was a very, very good game of chess. Um, if you want to look at it like that. So, um, Dave, I'll just start with you, mate. How did we nullify Salah first of all? Well, I think first off, I think Mikalenko played played very well, but we limited the service into Salah by putting Gordon on Alexander-Arnold, so we eliminated that ball up the line first off. But yeah. I mean, just kind of let Mikalenko play a little bit reserved. I'm sure Lampard told him your first and foremost job is 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 to stand him up and not let him beat you. Yeah. And when he went in inside areas, it seemed like Wobi, Davis, or Onana were there to uh, to take take um take him off from Mikalenko or create, you know, the 2v1 in terms of defensive numbers. So, yeah. did a good job at it, by the way, I must say. He was, um, I wouldn't say non-existent, but he was as quiet as you'd want him to be, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andrew, are you uh, happy with the way we set up defensively? Uh, I mean, it seemed like, you know, we were just going to sit back and let them have the ball, but that seemed to be the game plan, didn't it? Yeah, no, I, I predicted that on the last show. Um, I definitely thought we were going to stick to three at the back, which didn't quite happen. It was more like a four or five one, I think, yeah. in the first half. Um, but I thought we were going to give them time to kind of work out their aggression, maybe burn off some energy before we really push forward. Um, and we did. I was okay with that. Um, I'd like us to be good enough to just constantly be at their throats, like them in City or, I don't know, last season, Brentford did it to them, but we're just not quite there yet with the team gelling um but you can see it coming together yeah definitely um graham i just want to touch on uh, amadou onana special shout out to him because i thought he was excellent in holding all of this together and uh, the job that he'd done in cutting the passing lanes towards nunez was just superb so talk to us how amadou onana had a big effect on uh, lampard's plan it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I think you're probably going to hear me say all through this podcast is discipline. Um, I think massively he and Awobi were catalysts to that. Um, the way before Ghana came on, which I'm sure we'll come to, but you know, the, the way that he marshaled again just in front of that back four, like he's, he's so far ahead of where we th- where I thought he would be right now. Yeah. Um, he was massively, massively disciplined. I know he's a young player who did not get a lot of time, especially in France, but he looked a big game player and especially disciplined. He, again, where I spoke in the last one, where he, he sort of moved as that pivot, as that anchor weight. He let the team move as a pendulum in a way that I haven't seen Everton play in a long time. Mm. Um I know we'll go through more and Anna's going to come up more, so we'll leave it to the end. But I just want to give a big shout to Frank Lampard because you know what? Everybody said defensively and in some ways tactically against teams similar or better that he doesn't turn up. My God, did did he turn up as a first team manager and his coaching team? Because as you said, as an for a null null, tactically that blew me away. Yeah. Definitely, mate. Um, Dave, we know Liverpool like to overload in the wide areas with little triangles and stuff, but are you impressed with Damari Gray and Anthony Gordon's work rate and tracking back and helping Mikhailenko and uh, Patterson? 
Yeah, I was. I was. And I was I was actually equally impressed with Awobi and Onana and Davis and Ben Ganagay when he came in in terms of matching those numbers in those wide areas and, and going man for man or even creating a defensive overload. Um, but yeah, I mean, it always, it was always a requirement from Gray and, and Gordon to, to make sure they, they follow that fullback at the very least. And I think both of them did well accordingly. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's, let's have a little look at our attacks then because, well, I thought we were brilliant, honestly, on the counter attack. I thought, if that was the game plan to hit them on the counter, we executed that to well nearly to perfection, um, albeit without a goal. But Andrew, are you very impressed with the speed that we hit them on the break? Oh yeah, I mean we've always had that kind of very specific pace. It's just bring being able to put that together in an actual cohesive move where people are looking for each other. Gray has always had that turnaround pace that can burn you, but will he either? take a great shot or will he look for the next man and he hasn't in the past several times sometimes he'll do it and score screamer like he did against arsenal last season yeah but now it looks like our front three people depending on who they are are starting to actually see each other and feel each other and know what the correct move is yeah definitely um graham we know that we started with a 4-3-3 but in defense it looked like a 4-5-1 and Sometimes, you know, we, we, we pressed them further up the field in a four four two. So are you impressed with how we pressed them as a unit? Yeah, uh, massively. Um, I think that midfield trio looked like they've been playing together for for years. They look so well oiled. Um I do I, I don't know if he if he's on the agenda, but um but Tom Davis the standout. I think that not taking anything away, obviously, from Ghana. I'm, I'm not going to even dare make that comparison. But what I'm going to say is, he played. He played the game, not the occasion. Yep. Um, yeah. Slight criticism. I wouldn't give that sort of praise to Anthony Gordon. I thought where Gray tracked back and and maybe hurried a bit. Hmm. Uh, I felt that Gordon. Um, he, he didn't come back is as as hard for me. You know, maybe he, he played the occasion and and didn't apply the same pressures if, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Or exploit enough of Alexander Arnold, but going back to the midfield, I think Tom Davies on his current form, uh I think that was the right choice to go with. I think that where the other two players are ninety miles a minute, and don't get me wrong, the, the way Onana and Awobi are passing to each other. Yeah, smashing the ball to each other, um, taking it without even lifting the head, knowing where it is for the one twos, brilliant. And Tom Davies just coming in off off the right hand side of that three in midfield, yeah, um, was absolutely brilliant. Obviously, he is a slower player, but his brain was a lot faster than I've seen for a long, long time, especially in a big occasion game. Um, so I actually think, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm by no means saying that Tom Davies should be starting big games and Ghana coming on, that's not what I'm saying. Ghana for me is first choice. Um, it was first choice the last three years, if I'm being honest. But um, for where we are and how we've started and stuff this year and for us progressing from the three, uh, sorry, well, three, five or the or three, four, three or, or whatever it was, Jeepers, it was always all over the show realistically. It just looked like bodies everywhere. We yeah. made three center halves in the pitch, to be honest. For us now to progress now to this 4-3-3, I think just blooding it from where his form was was absolutely brilliant. 
mm. thought Tom Davis was 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 fantastic. Um, Onana and Awobi again, and I'm just excited by those midfield options. I really thought just just the way that when Liverpool love they charge through that midfield, we seem to be on the you no know, on for what was happening. Like uh, Carvalho didn't know what 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 to do with him. To be absolutely honest, I think he looked lost. Uh, it wasn't surprising that he was that he was slung for me. Yeah, um, he just shut it down. They kept shutting it down. Which played when played when Liverpool were coming out. Then from the back, they started looking uh, crossfield passing and looking out to the fullbacks, where they were also not getting a lot of luck because that first 35, 40 minutes, that was the Everton I've I've, I've craved for the last few years. Yeah, definitely. Andrew, do you want to uh, touch on something there that Graves just said? Yeah, uh, I wanted to touch on something about Davis because I thought he's been I wow, that's a sentence. I think he's been uh, relatively solid for the past several games. And looking at wages right now, Onana's playing right now, I think at least the start of it was because Ducore got hurt. Ducore yeah. is making about 75K a week. Davis is making 25, if the numbers online are to be even remotely believed. Let's just yeah. say he's making a lot more than Davis. I think the way that Davis has been playing, if he maintains this form, he lets us drop a 29-year-old Ducore save some money on the wages we've got great cover hmm. um would you guys agree yeah um andrew completely agree uh the fact that he's out of contract too in the summer as, we, as we've been chatting about a lot between ourselves um i really think if he obviously with ghana and now I, I think it's uh it's, it's a shame for him but it's we're going to be better for it but Davies comes in and cups and comes on to settle the game down if it's too erratic. I'm not going to judge judge him on his passing when he judge him on his form. You know, next month it has to come up. Do we offer him a new contract? Mm-hmm. So he is going to be up on 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 that twenty grand a week. But at what what level are we prepared to go to? And you know, but do we keep him around? But for me, I I, I think I th- I think I would keep him around. Yeah. yeah. I would too. And I wonder when you said about uh, Alexander Arnold and Gordon, I'm conflicted between Gordon not playing at his best or Alexander playing better than he has so far this season because he didn't make those howlers that he normally does at least once a game. Um, I wonder if that was just kind of part of what we were expecting there to be this one massive hole that Gordon could have exploited but didn't. That's a really good point. I I think it's a case that maybe the two of them were playing the occasion. Hmm. Maybe you know, because um, Alexander Arnold wasn't on his game. He's usually yeah. so so explosive, so tenacious. Where he just and he he'll hug the line, but he can also just cut inside and just and just take it from anywhere. Um, yeah. he, his, his passing was safe and everything. To be honest, I felt yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Dave, we see in uh, Neil Mopai's debut. Um, it was a big game for him to make his debut. But are you impressed with the? Well, the contribution that he done defensively in, in uh, stopping the passing lanes into midfield, but also occupying the defenders, creating space for the likes of Gordon and Gray. Yeah, I'm uh, quite happy with his performance. I wouldn't have minded a goal from him when he had that chance to all yeah. do him. But um, no, I mean, I think I think he did well, and like he's he's a player where you can just get the ball into his feet, and you can get runners off him or get a midfielder underneath him, and and he'll do the job. You know. And um, defensively, he put himself about. He, he wasn't shying away from Van Dyke or anything like that. So <laughs> I think 
I think you see what what the mobility can do, not offensively, not just offensively, but also defensively yeah. in terms of a player capable, you know, putting himself about, capable of putting himself about and capable of, of even moving into wide areas or, or just even a few steps off the center half to come to receive the ball, whatever it may be. Like, I was, I was quite impressed with him. But, yeah, more defensively than offensively, if I'm being honest. But you need that in, in Merseyside Derby sometimes, you know, when you're playing – Liverpool side who let's face it have been very good the past few seasons mm. yeah definitely mate um, I just want to give a, a little shout out to Jordan Pickford as well because I mean we, we've seen how spectacular he was with his saves and uh, for me he, he was world class on Saturday but also I just want to you know touch on his game is his out ball um, so Andrew did, were you impressed with uh, Jordan Pickford and his because we know Liverpool like to press high up, so his passing has to be spot on to to get past them. So, are you, were you uh, happy with his contribution? I am. I mean, how could you not be? Definite man of the match uh, up there with Patterson. Shouts. Um, he was immense. Uh, I know people freak out about his freakouts, but mm-hmm. I appreciate them. I don't know. I think it kind of makes him who he is. Yeah. Um, and now you've got other people that are willing to like push back at him, like Cody and Tarkovsky. Like they won't take shit and they're not mm. bad defenders. So it's not like he's yelling at Michael Keane anymore. Um, <laughs> one thing I would say is I wish our first option wasn't the long ball mm. because now that we've got defenders that like a back line that can pass and a midfield that can pass, I don't think that needs to be route one yeah. anymore. I think we've got other choices and I think it's going to take a minute for him to adjust to that. Yeah. That's a good point, mate, to be fair. Um, Graham, are you uh, happy with uh, the amount of bodies that we committed forward that sometimes, you know, it looked like we'd leave ourselves a bit short at the back, but we really committed fully, didn't we? And, the, you know, some of the counter-attacks that we had, we seen five, six bodies just bursting forward. Yeah. Again, that goes through to just midfield communication. Even if yeah. Tom Baby's pushing himself forward, arriving late in the box, making smarter runs, you could actually see him... <laughs> I'm not mocking his pace, but you could actually see him uh, expecting the play and and actually knowing when they run. Mm. It wasn't the same Tom Davies of old. Um, Awobi, he's in the mix of it all the time. Onana, just safe letting him go. When Onana was getting up, there was always Davies or there was always one sitting. I think that was something we've always been very guilty of, our fullbacks. I think the fact that Damari Gray really played inside, like we always talk about this vacuum to the left, Damari Gray was very central a lot of the game, but that did um, that that pulled Liverpool and and inside. Uh, not even going to attempt his name. So I can never say it. Liverpool's left by some some sometimes he, he didn't know what what to do with that, and and it caught him flat footed. And Patterson was just it was like a raging bull down that line, just and yeah. it just opened up the game for him, and that's it's, it's a massive part. So. So where I've been quite critical of, of, of that drag to the left, it actually opened it up more for Patterson where it it, it could, you know, it, it could just bring him on, bring him on. And the fact that Patterson was getting those crosses on. Yeah. Brilliant. So I think a lot of that credit goes down to the, the well, the midfield, because we're talking about it as a 4-5-1. Um, Gordon was staying more left. He, he was a lot more disciplined in that sense, to be fair to him. Yeah. Gray, I'd like to think it was tactical, but I don't know if, if he is being dragged um, inside just naturally. 
but that really does seem to suit Patterson. So I think going forward, that you could see Gray out out the left or sorry at the right hand side a lot more because that coming inside and Mopai as well stayed central. Everyone yeah. talks about uh, Neil Mopai being such a a left sided. Uh, striker, even even we discussed it, thinking oh, an other player that's going to be sucked into the vacuum. For me, I, I, I yes, he drifted slightly, but I think that he really did uh, keep himself central. Again, yep. just discipline, discipline, discipline. I can't, I can't stress that term enough. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought it was brilliant, and I, I don't think we can be afraid to push bodies forward because you Cody and. Tarkovsky and Onana, there's, there's in that, uh, as, as you're playing pot in that team, uh, even with Pickford, you know, that's that's four massive voices to talk to your team. Yeah. Let's them go. And, you know, and the attacking players will hear that and they'll drop. They'll be responsive. Whereas you look at look at our team in the last few years, mm. there hasn't been enough voices. So when it breaks, you're not pushing. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. Yeah. I, I had no I had no fear at all with this break and like that, but um yeah, I was really, really happy with it and I want to see more. I'm actually yeah. really, really happy for more of it. Yeah, definitely. Um Dave, Graham has just touched on the voices and we spoke about Onana before, but how uh, important was he in uh, you know being a voice on the pitch because he's only a young lad, isn't he? So are you really impressed with that side of his game as well? Yeah, yeah. Um the biggest thing I took away from his performance was Against Liverpool's press, he was still looking for the ball off Pickford. He was looking for the ball off the center halves. And oftentimes, he was just playing backwards. But what he was inviting to do was inviting that press, you know, the line of Liverpool, the line of uh, forwards for Liverpool to go ahead and press. And he would just give it back to, to Tarkowski or, or Cody. Yeah. And then he'd just turn up the field looking for the second ball right away, you know, just to bypass that line of press from Liverpool, which you know, they're a good press inside. So I was impressed with him, um, you know, not only his voice and, and, and his communication and, and you can see him pointing and stuff for for the better <laughs> rather than for the worse than we've seen in the past few years. Um, but I was more impressed with him wanting to get on the ball off his center halves, off his goalkeeper, off his fullbacks and, and being able to play backwards, you know, compose, play, play a backwards pass and then just turn out of that space. Um, I thought he was he was quite good there, um, in particular, and and really kept us kept us moving side to side as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Um, Andrew, I know we've spoken about Cody and Tarkowski um quite a bit before now, but that was uh, a first clean sheet of the season, I believe. And um, how 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 good were they? Basically, they were tremendous, in my opinion. Massive uh, clearances, um, not losing their heads when that press came forward. I mean, it just we've never had people so composed at the back, um, at least since I've been watching. It's always been, you know, Keenan Holgate or Mina, who it wasn't really a lack of composure necessarily with him. Just sometimes he tried to do too much or do something very Mina-like, like a little bit of flair on it. And you're like, ah, it didn't really come off. And now we're in a very bad position. Yeah. Um, so these guys are just kind of a defender's defender. And I like mm. that we have them. We can just rely on that at the back. And I think, like Graham said, we could push forward knowing that we have that spine with, you know, Onana Ghana in the middle. We can afford to make mistakes because we've got great cleanups available. Yeah. I would 
I would add that to me, like, it, and not that I watched a lot of Moy's sides, like, nothing with, like, Lescott and, and Jagielka, but I did watch, you know, Jagielka and Distant play for a while. And I do think Cody and Tarkowski are, like, a proper Moy center half partnership that when they need to defend, they defend old school defending clearances, get the ball out of touch, get us up. But when they, when it's on to play, they'll play. You know what I mean? And yeah. and they're not scared to to break the lines and, and play a long pass or, or be simple enough to, to get your, your winger running in behind with a ball to the corner flag, you know? So I think they've made the world a difference this season, especially for Lampard defensively. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if I may add, if I may add, I think it's dead and buried this whole nonsense of Cody not being able to play in a back four. I mean, I suppose we'll see as the season goes on, but I, I would like to say, I think, you know, we can have the funeral services for, for that nonsense of him not being able to play in the back four. Thank you, Bruno Lage. Yeah, I would just like to chime on there too, just on uh, Dave, Dave's completely uh, right with that. Um, it's it's just that, that comfort, and I think that's the underlying comfort for us now. We've seen Tarkovsky sort of Maybe not have the greatest couple of games there before. Um, and as Evertonians, we raise an eyebrow. Of course we do. Um, but I think I think you're getting the vibes of uh, Lescott, Jagielka. Um, we, 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 you know, in the, in the defensive vibes of the uh, Jagielka this stand, yep, completely. Where you, you, you just have that security. And early on in that game, when we seen how how we were dealing with Nunez and dealing with Liverpool breaking. And, and we could just, within five, ten minutes, we could just settle and know that we had that solid base. A game with Onana, maybe a while, it's, it's not a comparison. I'm just I'm just trying to find a relevance where, you know, that that, that, that composure of Garth Barry, that composure of Lee Carsley, of, of just, I'm not saying he plays like them or anything, but I'm just saying like, when you look at it and you see how they start the game, because it'll, it'll it'll change game to game, but you yeah. can just look at it and say, right, I'm confident in what's going on here. Like even when o, when Onana got got the booking and and mm-hmm. like and in the group, some were saying maybe take him off, keep him on. Was, for me, I was just like, no, he's in the game, keep him on. You know, yeah. I could just tell from that stage this isn't an erratic derby. Mm-hmm. It's not. We're not we're, we're not flapping all over the show here at game. Uh, word, John, you're going to slag me about this for a week, but just discipline. Mm. You get a tattoo in my forehead. Um, just <laughs> absolute discipline, but just absolute discipline. But as I say, like you know, that is your base. The solidity of them three, yeah. four, Pickford, Pickford. It allows everybody else to play their game. If that's not working, if there's a crack in the glass, it's not. It's not going to. It's not going to play out the way it did. So. Mm. The, 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 just massively, massively um, unsung heroes. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. They're all speaking for, well, I, I feel everybody's speaking for Cody, uh, for the goal and stuff, but you you can't underestimate what, what he and Tarkovsky done leading that line. Like, you know, and Patterson, Patterson and McLenko were doing their jobs and press on, but as a fullback, you don't do that without your centre-half's blessing. Yeah. Because if you are getting a bit too adventurous, you're pulled back in. When they're comfortable and they know they're on their game, the rest can play their game. So I think that was a massive, massive factor and hats off to the two of them because right now, 
Yerry Who. Mm. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. That's like true. I've seen it on today on Twitter. People ask me where does Ben Godfrey play when he comes back. I just decided to put my phone down. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that, though. Like, if, all right, let's say Godfrey and Holgate both become available and they're in form, like, to the best of their current ability, do you put Tarkovsky and one of them as the one pairing and then uh, Cody and the other one as the other pairing, depending on no. the game that we're playing? Like, do you need a more mobile partner? Because neither of them are particularly fast, or do you just stick with the two big orcs? No, because I, I think you stick, you stick with... For me, you always play your best. Um, there should be never any uh, uh, teachers' pets or, or, uh, you know, just basically putting your favorite players in there. Do you know what I mean? There should be yeah. none of that. Um, ultimately, it's it's down to who's best on form. Um, if if Cody or Tukoski have, have to come out for me in the system that we're playing, with and I would never question his intelligence, mm. but. For defending intelligence, Mason Holgate goes in there because he's he's not exactly a statue as well. He is mobile, so that's mm-hmm. for me. And this isn't where I've been on pods before, and I've been very very critical of Ben Goffrey, and I'm very very positive this season. I'm I'm, I'm not going to be because there definitely is bones to his game. I'm not going to I'm not going to say that there isn't, but for me, Holgate's a better defender, so he would come in. But even at that, that's that's irrelevant as the as the what we're talking about now. But yeah, just. Absolutely brilliant, and but again for the for the depth and choices now at centre half, and and the fact that we're discussing Godfrey and Holgate who comes in, it just shows that uh, Yuri Mina is far from her minds, and there's a very good chance he could be gone, um, and yeah. the transfer window. Yeah, definitely. Dave, do you want to uh, touch on something there, mate? So I was just going to make the point that you know Graham has basically already made is those two centre halves just. I mean, I don't think you see Patterson playing on the overlap or even on the underlap, just getting forward in general like that if you don't have those two center halves there. Yeah. I hope we see a little bit more out of Michelinco now because, you know, as a fullback, like, he can go ahead and get forward because your two center halves, they'll sniff out anything in the wide areas, you know. They'll just shift across accordingly. So I do think, like, with with Cody and Tarkowski there now, you're going to see a little bit more out of – out of the fullbacks going mm-hmm. forward because they know they have those two there back there. And then additionally, you'll probably see the center midfielders take a little bit more risks to win the balls on, on yeah. 50-50 balls or, or on second balls just because they know that, you know, Cody and Sarkowski are behind them. So if they do if, if they do make a mistake and, and not win the ball, then that's all right because you've got, you know, the two two trolls behind them, as as Andrew called them, I think. Two big yeah. rocks. <laughs> um, David, do you not think as well though? Like I've seen actually s- slight bits of criticism for Michaelenko on, on Twitter, surprisingly. But for me personally, I just think he's 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 actually going about his business. Like as I say, he was more exposed to going forward as a left wing back. But the fact now that he's playing in left back, which I believe is, is I've, I've been stressing this even while he was playing in, in the five, where I, I just feel that he is. He's just not not an old fashioned left back, but definitely not in the modern mode, maybe mm. as yeah. well. Yeah, so, no, no. I was, what I was going to say is though, I, th- I think he's just went around. For me, he's went about playing his own game, and I think he will go on that. But we can't forget too, you know, that it, that it's a derby. Like he will express himself more because I was talking about Gordon playing to the occasion, whereas Michelenko played the game. I think when they're more in sync, 
as Gordon is her first choice left winger now. I, I, I would almost expect. Do you think that you're going to see a chemistry more with them and that you will see Mikolenko develop that left back role? Yeah, I think, I think you will just because, I mean, there's so many caveats to to Mikolenko. Like he was being called, he was being written off when he came into a side, you know, from the best side in Ukraine, keeping the ball probably 65, 70% of the time on average. The yeah. side who was defending all the time. And I think, you know, he got through that and, and he impressed defensively. And people do say his offensive side of his game is lacking a little bit, but he's only 23 years old. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, what I would say, Graham, is I, I think he's he's good defensively and, and he needs to get, get on the overlap and the underlap and get forward more probably, yeah. But I also think it's a case of us being spoiled with Leighton Baines and Luka Dina, who were very forward-thinking players, whereas Mikolenko is is a little bit more like, let me do my defensive work first, and then I'll get forward. And I think he has to take take the caveats. Like from Saturday, at least he's coming up against a player who you know past few seasons, past couple seasons has been has been a shout for the ball on door. You know what I yeah. mean? Like. Mm. <laughs> So I think you're going to see a little bit less from him offensively. But I think as the season goes on, I'll be keen personally to kind of see him develop that side of the game. Yeah, you know? definitely. Mate. Spot think, on. Uh, something an uh, old English teacher told me uh, in like creative writing class or something like that, like stay within yourself. And yeah. he knows what he is. And also he's training under Ashley Cole. He's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. If you boys couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Dave, I know we've spoke about Amadou Anana quite a bit already, but that's only because he's so good and he's got a lot of attributes. Um, but are you surprised in the way we utilised him, almost like a Fellaini type player, where he'd pin himself onto the fullback and win win headers when we go long? Um, no, I would. To be honest with you, I wasn't that surprised because I think we touched on it in, in either a tactics pod or just the general show. Um. Yeah. weekly show before in terms of being able to use them that way and i did notice this you know especially on goal kicks we we were using them in those areas in those wide areas yeah um and it's just another facet of his game very good in the air so yeah i mean if we could continue to do that that's that's out in a different dimension you know whether it's him flicking the ball on getting gordon or, or gray in behind or whether it's him flicking the ball on him to mape or or even he can knock it down you know, like Fellaini used to do really well for the knockdowns to, to another center midfielder or fullback. Yeah, definitely, mate. Does anyone right. have the stats on his aerials uh, one? Because it seems to me, I don't know, maybe I'm just not watching the right stuff, but it doesn't seem like he's that dominant for as tall as he is. I think, oh. I think, I think a fair bit of that would be down to the adjusting to the league. I yeah. don't think it would be the, the uh, some big... Brit English centre forward sticking an elbow and knee into his back. I'm not saying they're soft elsewhere playing football. I know it's tough. French teams can give plenty of uh, English sides a hiding. Um, but ultimately, I think I think that's down. But just on the point Dave made there as well, I think as well that you could see if Pickford is using that long accurate ball, you could see Onana dropping it down to help. Um, a pie get through, so you could see him head nod the ball if he is occupying that fullback and nodding the yeah. ball in between the centre halves, like we seen with the Wobies ball that older night near, near to the pace. At, the, at, at first, I thought that was that was uh, 
a defensive error, but but you know, I learned the error, but on reflection, and I thought the weight of that ball caused the error. So if you can see him putting it between the centre halves, you can see Mapai breaking in with his pace off the shoulder, mm. or hopefully, fingers crossed, when he gets back, you could see Calvert Lewin get in there because he is not a one trick pony like a lot of people like to think he is. Calvert Lewin yeah. can finish everything in the box. Oh yeah, so that's that's something you could see as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, just going back to Onana's stats there, so. Highest pass accuracy in the game, uh, most duels won with 11, most ball recoveries with eight, most tackles seven, and most aerial duels won. So, yeah, they're very, very yeah. good game. Um, just moving on then to the return of the Prince, <laughs> Idrissa Garnagay. So, uh, Andrew, do you want to just touch on him? He was brilliant when he came on, I thought. Yeah, plug and play. Uh, yeah. Not a bad word to say. It just seems like he slotted right in, like he'd never left. He'd been playing with Iwobi and Onana for months, not hours. Mm. Um, the only thing that I'm concerned about now is we're going to have to look to the future to replace him again. again. <laughs> um, but we need to have uh, the scouting team now has a job on their hands because we see that this midfield, this engine room is a problem for the league, yeah. I think. Andrew, did. <laughs> sorry, just on that replacement, I actually heard there's a center midfielder at Trasmundbor called... Uh... Jean-Philippe Gabamon. Oh! As an understudy, who knows? <laughs> I can't go through that again. I just can't. Yeah. Just can't. Dave, what did you make of uh, Idrissa Gay, mate? Oh, just good. Just happy to have him back. I mean, it's just... I don't know if it's an innate, in a, excuse me, an innate thing, but he just knows where to sniff the ball out. It's, it's an incredible attribute that to be honest with you, I mean, not many midfielders in, in the world have, so mm. um, very impressed with him and, and happy to have him back. Excited to see him start, whether that's Arsenal at the, at the weekend or, or West Ham the following weekend, whatever it may be, just excited to see him to see him start back in the side. Yeah. Um, just, just on that too, David, uh, there's been a lot of talk around what what uh, Ghana can bring now at this age because it's been away for a few years and and did anyone see his heat map? I, I seen a heat map graphic where uh, Is it the pitch basically it was they used the light blue on a dark blue pitch and it oh, just yeah. looked like it looked like the pitch was flooded basically. Mm. Um, okay. so, so the fears of his mobility, of his tenacity, of his sharpness and his awareness when they when they dive in for a tackle, when they stand up for someone so small, I think he's like six or six, Steve. I think he's about five, five, seven, five, eight. You know, the way the way he can use that low center of gravity and just yep. twist his body to shield the ball and, and move it away so fast that, that he doesn't get into a physical encounter. Hmm. It's all still there. It's all still there. And we've seen that in half an hour against Liverpool. So you know what? What's to come? You know, there's a lot of players in this league that will have forgotten what it's like to play against Adrissa Gana guy, and he is a lot better, and he wants to be here and he wants to succeed. So, yeah, just a, just outstanding. And and as Andrew said as well, they they look like again with all due respect, and I, I couldn't pat him the back enough for Tom Davies, but when he came on again, I felt that Gana was was the, the right ingredient. They shut Liverpool out when. Let's face it, Roberto Firmino came on the pitch and, and changed the game for Liverpool. I was actually quite shocked that they didn't start him 
Um, and the way he just caught things up with on there was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and, and you know what? There's a lot of new toffees out there that maybe didn't get to see him that have mentally jumped on board um, for God knows what reason. Um, but they're going to be really, really excited um, at what he brings. I, I just can't get over the options. We, we don't even know what Garner's going to bring to this midfield. As we say, Corey playing with these players behind them, it's a fresh start for him. I, th- I think Alan will be gone, but like if, if Tom Davies is anything to go by, and it sounds like I'm on the fan train, you know what? I'm growing my hair out now, like Dave, <laughs> uh, Tom Davies. But yeah, um, it's just brilliant, the options. It's where the game's won and lost. You can't say it enough. Yeah, so, definitely. It, it finally looks like we've actually got a midfield that we've been lacking for about six years. So uh, it's great. Even even won a few headers as well, Garnagay, when he came on, which was really, really nice to see. But um, another substitute that we made was uh, Dwight McNeil. Um, Andrew, do you want to touch on him, mate? What did you think of him when he came on? Uh, put in another shift. Um, did anything particularly spectacular, except the corners were looking better. Um, than they have in the past with our other options. Yeah. Um, man, I thought we had a peach of one that Gray just absolutely wasted uh, earlier, and that was frustrating. But I really like having a technician on those, uh, you know, and we can get Townsend back. We were talking about this in the chat earlier. He could be somebody that mentors McNeil because they seem to kind of fit a similar type of profile with their lack of pace, but their technical ability. Yeah, definitely, mate. What about you, Greg? What did you think of uh, McNeil? I think he can't. You can't deny his work rate. You can't deny that he is. He's very good at what he does when he's allowed to do it, and he has the instruments around him to implement his skills. For me, for the Merseyside derby, I think Frank Lampard got that massively tactically wrong. I think that we had an outlet. I think we had an outlet of pace with. Uh, with, with, uh, with, with Gray, albeit Gordon, um, not showing the same levels or maybe the same concentration as he was in the other previous two games. But what I'm going to back it up with is a bit of a wild card. But if you want someone who can be defensive and defensive at pace, mm. I'd have been tempted to just keep Gray on the right-hand side and maybe put Panagra on the left-hand side. Bit of a wild shout. But... Ultimately, I just feel that whenever Gordon went off, we lost that explosive pace from all three of our forwards. Yeah. And I, I, look, everybody sees that different, sees the game differently, and that's that's fair enough. But just for me, I I just find that it just it, it took a link out, out of the chain for me, and and just bursting forward, it was a wee bit frustrating. Nothing against. Dwight McDade, I'm actually tired of, of myself and others criticising him because we're not going to see what he's like until Calvert Lewin's in. And, and he is a player, regardless of where he is, he needs time to bed in. Anyone does. It's great that some of these players have, have hit the ground running, you know, but they're not lemmings. They're not all going to do the exact same thing. And it's a squad game. I just don't think for that game, he was the choice. But it also at the same time, it's an absolute sun that. Um, I'm wanting a left wing back to come on on the left wing ahead of Michalenko yeah. to, because that could, ultimately too tactically that could have went against us and I get that because you know what we could have got sucked in and, and we've been Agra's mind 
mindset of going back, he might have dropped more and Michelenko dropped in. And then, and then unexpectedly and unwantedly, we could have ended up with a back five, which in turn soaks and invites more pressure, which in turn, with Liverpool getting chances, especially Roberto Firmino, he was absolutely brilliant. Um, yep. Just have to and just call it what it is. Mm. He really was, and and, and he, he tested Pickford a few times, um, and ultimately, ultimately, then Salah would have would have just been happy going on because if they were in the wrong area, lying back too much, they could have got confused, and, and obviously Salah had that chance at the end too. But yeah, I, I, it's a bit of a wild shot, but I just find myself asking that: why not? If you've got pace, and you just at the end of the day, like if if you're a defender and someone says, "No, stay forward and go forward," you know. You're like yeah. a hobbit going on an adventure, do you know what I mean? You're just charging, you're just bombing, you know, and you just you think it's great. But at the end of the day, the professional footballers, I really think he could have done a job. Mm. Um, he really likes to get under the six-yard box and pop a ball across. That would have played right under Mopai, who I'm sure will come to with his, with his chance. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Andrew, talk to me about uh, McNeil's shot then, just before we go on to a few other things. And... McNeil had that shot towards the end of the game, didn't he, where it kind of took a few deflections? It did, and Milner uh, went for the old uh, John Jones elbow to clear that, looked like, pretty obviously. Yeah. And it was far enough out. Like I mean, it was you know it was a Townsend shot. It was right out of the Townsend playbook. Mm. There was enough time to not use your arm, and he clearly intentionally played it with his arm. Yeah. No far look. Like, I'm one of the few people that thinks that the Cody offside was – as the rule states offside, I think the rule is stupid. It shouldn't be, but mm. as it's written, I think it was. Um, but I was very upset about that deflection slash elbow block. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, Dave, talk to me about uh, Connor Cody's goal then. And um, well, it's just just annoying, isn't it? Doesn't seem like we'll win another Goodison Derby ever again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, with the only one, with the only one that's being next season, possibly other than cup draws, we might not. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it looked to me like he was behind the ball. Mm. If I'm being honest, I it was behind the ball. But I mean, I suppose I'll make this point on the tactic tactic show as opposed to the weekly. But I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or have my tinfoil hat on many times, but. There's something fishy going on with this VAR, and I think it works well in other leagues. But I mean, Van Dyke decision, Milner handball, the offsides. Yeah, there was something in the Chelsea West Ham match, you know, this weekend amongst the the Villa City match. It's Leeds. It was all over. It, yeah, I mean, you're talking about three separate occasions, them possibly getting it wrong. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is just is just scandalous. That's how I, how how we describe it. To be honest with you, yeah. um, Cody looked onside to me yeah. when they draw People. these lines. When they draw these lines, who's to say these lines are even accurate? You know mm. what I mean? Like you could look at them, but who's to say these lines are even accurate with the angles you're seeing? So, I think what they need is cameras down pitch side that look across the whole pitch and can give you just a straight on view of the pitch rather than these dodgy angles but not to go on a rant or anything but yeah it, no, I've written cheated in a derby of course you know at, at the, yeah at the end of the day for me personally um, regardless of, of rules or um, or whatever you know it's 
it's ultimately if you have to take more than 30 seconds to work that out mm. then uh it's not clear and obvious yeah so if it's not clear and obvious it should be given to me if it goes over 30 seconds you're looking for any reason to not to give it you know so it, it's just it's just ridiculous and you know i think i think it's at the stage now well yeah personally i, I think there's corruption I, I think corruption's always been in sport and business and life and everything it can't not be mm. you know money 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 makes the world go round at the end of the day so yeah you know it, it's in their favor you know no one wants a leicester city to happen again except every other football fan in the world yeah doesn't support that does that either isn't fortunate enough they have grown up and support um one of the elite or isn't isn't a bandwagon glory hunter so hmm. you know you've 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 just fans from every other club and then idiots from far away like like three of us guys here that you know that are evertonians where um it's just it's just ridiculous it's just what what happened to you know, give the benefit to the attacker. Um, even look at it and say, you know, the point he scored with was onside. So if if it had if Mapai had chipped it in and his head or his shoulder was offside and he shoulder guards the ball on the net, right? Well, it's offside. But if it comes in, his feet score. Well, especially if it comes off the toe of Milner as well, which it seems to. Exactly, yeah. that's an hard debate today, but. Uh, I'm just exhausted with it. But you know what? It's good, you know, as a fan base. Like, as Evertonians now, that we can look at these things as aggravations. You know, it's it's actually refreshing. Yeah. Um, and I, I use that term loosely because VAR and, and basically us getting jibbed over again is not refreshing. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that, we're, that our frustrations aren't our own. Mm. They're coming from elsewhere, you know. Yeah. That's... that's uh, <laughs> that's a positive for us as a fan base. Um, I, I just want to touch on it too. I, th- I think between from what I've seen from the welcoming of the coach, the, the atmosphere in Goodison, they didn't stop at all. Mm. Um, people are talking about how bad the Liverpool away support. You know what? They might have been, and they probably are. I, I have opinions that I, I, I would money record and air about that club and, and that fan base. But what I will say is, um, don't do yourself a disservice. They were shite because you were so good in that ground. Yeah. Um, absolutely phenomenal. But uh, yeah, I'll just yeah. stop there. Because... Definitely, mate. Andrew, do you want to just touch on that, mate? Yeah, uh, Graham talking about the support uh, is definitely something we should talk about. It was massive. And I think a big thing that's going to happen now that we have this backline, this midfield, and this system is we're going to play a style more conducive to getting Evertonians going crazy. Um, you know, we've always had an amazing fan base and amazing support, mm. but it hasn't always been easy to get those moments where it gets raucous. And now I think you're going to see a lot more high pressure, high intensity moment creating play. Yeah, definitely mate. Couldn't agree more. Um, well, our next game is against Arsenal away. Um, so Dave, it's got to be a pretty similar setup, hasn't it? How would you approach that one? Yeah, I would. I would say before we go on to Arsenal, just not to backtrack, but how refreshing was it to see an Everton side basically play Liverpool open at least for those last 20, 30 minutes? You could say even and almost go toe to toe with them. Yeah, we, we, was... we haven't we haven't seen an Everton side go toe to toe since the three three, Dave. 
No, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. And I think that match easily could have been three all or two all, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to make that point. It's it's quite refreshing and and hopefully it's a sign of things to come. And in yeah. terms of things to come, Arsenal away. I think if you sit back and you watch them play against United, it might be a little bit different because they're away from home, you know, against Man United as opposed to what we have at the weekend where they'll be at home. But you know, two things on my mind, at least one defensively, is can we match their numbers in terms of the numbers they create, the overloads they create? Can we match those numbers defensively? Yeah. Kind of the same way we did against Liverpool. Mm. And then additionally, offensively, one thing for me is <laughs> if we counterattack the way we did this past weekend, this upcoming weekend, we could have a lot of joy. We could break on them because you've seen what United did there. They broke yep. on them quite well. They leave some space in behind. So I think they're vulnerable, and I think we'll see a very similar game plan this weekend as to what we saw against Liverpool at home. Yeah. Yeah. Just as well, just the, the echo what David says, not not to pull it away from or from the Arsenal thing, but just, just before finally they go on to that, I want to make a point because there's a lot of people talking about celebrating draws and this, that, and the other. That, that's not what our reaction is about. Mm. You know, we've... You know, Everton's our water, and we we've been starved of water for the last week of years. To be honest, um, constantly watching disjointed displays, tactically inept displays, mm. watching players who have seen at other clubs come in and and they can't even do the half of what they've done when we when they were brought on to be fixers, they came in to be issues. You know, we watch that all over. We're frustrated. We've cried over it. We, we we've stressed over it. We've it's dictated our day or week or life how we speak to people around us everything you know how, how we go in there work and it's true and it's real and I, I know I can speak for myself and, and use my friends that I speak to all the time that you have felt it too and you know what it's not about that I'm not celebrating the draw against Liverpool because to me that's not good enough we should always beat them and anyone yeah. that thinks otherwise is off their head no matter mm. what if it's a as, as Paul Brown would say even if you bring a spud gun to a gunfight you know what I mean <laughs> either way it should be go for the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes maybe a bit ridiculous saying you're going out to win a league um from the start of the season, anything else is, is a failure. No, that that's just not that that's not acceptable. But in the same hand, yes, you should go out and think we should be able to win this game. And then you then you pick the bones as to why you didn't. But just just for me, we're celebrating because we we gained hope from that performance. I am excited. Yeah. I was already given half the, all the new players till Christmas and I was given Mashiri till the end of the window. And you know what? Especially after that, before that, I was like, okay, I'll have that discussion with anybody because they can't fix everything right away. Mm. Do you think that is idiotic? Nothing short. I'm sorry, but it's not. So for you then to expect it to be bang, it's just not going to happen. But they constantly see drips of progress and progress they fill the glass up 110% so for me now to come out be excited about that team and see that team deliver the way they did against Liverpool I don't care what form they're in people can say oh they've been a great start to the season they scored 9 goals against mm -hmm. uh, Bournemouth so you know what <laughs> you can manipulate stats or anything the any argument but let's just call it what it is you know what I mean? One of the yeah. best teams in world football, any team would fear that it'll go far in the Champions League and more likely will be second in the league this year, I I, I would assume. Yeah. Um, they do that. 
outstanding. I cannot wait to see this team grow. That's the thing. You know, it's just being the seeds are just being watered. Yeah. What's no? What's going to happen? Is I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, I just think it's mad if anyone else doesn't. Yeah. No, you're spot on there, mate. That that result really gave us, uh, you know, the team spirit and the togetherness needed, which is vital for the progression that we want in moving forward. So, it's similar to uh, that result they had against uh, West Brom at the start of Klopp's reign. But you know, it is what it is. Um, Andrew, how, how do you think we can get at Arsenal, mate? Because I know uh, Dave touched upon the the high line and the counter attack, but um, I think Ben White has been playing right back for them at the moment. So, do you think that's a weakness yeah. that we can exploit? I'm concerned that because they lost to United pretty much on the merits of United's counter, that Arteta is no dummy. Uh, mm. I think he might, it may be overcompensate. Maybe that's the way, is he switches up their line and then we find joy more traditionally rather than the counter. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I, they got ripped apart by Rashford and it was all based on pace and that high line they kept. So I think we'll think that'll work, but I don't think it will uh, off the go. Yeah, definitely. Dave, who are you uh, least looking for? Long-range screamer. Gray's going to hit a screamer. I hope so, mate. I hope so. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Yeah, Dave, uh, the danger men for Arsenal? I've been really impressed with Martinelli. Um, Jesus is quite creative as well. So them too. Yeah, fair play, mate. Definitely. What about you, Gray? They're uh, danger men and, um, you know, things to look out for. Just think, with regards to the linespin, mm. they're, they're playing. They're, they're playing with that ten, um, and and I just think he's so so pivotal. I, I think he's an inspiration to that Arsenal team, um, and where they're all stepping up and around them. Um, Jesus, you, you can't you can't look past him. I know it's. The obvious choices, but they're the obvious choices for a reason, really, aren't they? Um, mm. It was a breath of fresh air. Obviously, a player close to our heart, Richardson's made a move, and I'm going to criticise or, or praise and wish him all the best. But you know, you have to think now. It says place in Brazil. I risk because you know what? If if, if Brazil can repl- replicate an attacking system that can accommodate Jesus the way Arsenal are playing him, surely that's the way Brazil they go into this World Cup. So. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, let's just hope they don't have a a party. I'll say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they've got a good side, but I I hope we go there fearless. Like I hope we see us kind of go there, not necessarily like toe to toe and be naive about it, but mm. kind of go there smartly and and put in a shift and and see some some more progression. You know, yeah. I, think, I saw I um, Lakanga. Lakanga is the one that had a mistake in him against United several times. Yeah. I think Onana can very much abuse him. Yeah, well, I think I think our whole midfield can dominate that their midfield. If I'm being honest, that's what I was going to say. The fact now that we have a midfield that can play through Arsenal, mm. um, I think that's that might be a bold statement, but on on just on what I seen the other day, and that's including Davies, um, that can just that can that can dictate the, the tempo of the game. Um, we can we can play our own triangles. We we can move it up and down. Um, even just the, the, for our fullbacks to express themselves and everything, in the way that we were talking about, we can really do that. And I think Gannon will do. Gannon will cover the fullback as well. Yeah. Um, 
on, on and especially now with Patterson bombing forward, like it will be played so well on the left hand side. Yeah, covering back and up Michalenko and stuff. So like, why would why would you change that? So mm. yeah. I know they'll Gallagher shut down Saka too. Yeah, big time. Be lining up right. Yeah, yeah. It'll be Michalenko yeah. and Saka. So, yep. And as you said, the Ghana came in that six, or you could have Banana in the six with Ghana pressing even higher. Ghana's pressing higher. You're going to want a lot more balls up the pitch and catch them. So that might even be a way. Later, you know, Banana might be saying he's, he's going to be pretty beat up. Maybe he might say, you know, maybe that's the area for me. Maybe it's going to be very, very combative um, playing in one of the eights. So why not move Ghana in there? And Ghana and Awobi charging it down, running the ball, giving it one twos. That's a lot of fast moving play. That's a lot of a. It's a lot of tackling. Um, yeah. As I say, if Ghana can do what he does a bit deeper, a bit higher up the pitch, and you're breaking, you've Gordon hugging the fullback, um, Mapai playing, uh, playing off the shoulder, Gray coming inside the open up for Patterson. You know, and we wanted the right place. You could be through, and let's face it, their keeper's shite. So <laughs> you, know, you could you could do that. Well, it's the battle for the England's number one. Basically, mm. that's how the press is going to play. There, there is no battle for me. It's no question. No, of course not. But that's yeah, that's, how the, that's yeah. how the press is going to play. It. Um, and yeah. I couldn't give two shits about England, to be absolutely honest. But um, <laughs> I'd, I'd actually rather he did. So Pickford was just available for us. And we could wrap him in cotton wool because he's, he's without a doubt, arguably our most important player because mm-hmm. he's absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, um, going to North London is never easy. But... Uh, I really think that we can that we can do something here. I've seen enough, and I think too. There's a lot of chatter that Calvert Lewin could be back in the bench. Yeah. What about McNeil and Calvert Lewin on the last twenty minutes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of grumblings. ITK, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I thought of another advantage we're going to have going to Arsenal. Go on. Since we're playing Arsenal, VAR won't know who to screw. Oh. <laughs> Indecisively. I'm yep. just thinking that too. I called myself an ITK and more of an IDK, just I don't know. So <laughs> but um yeah, no, no, there's there's been some chat about it today, just I've seen on Twitter, nothing else. But um yeah, um massive. Imagine you bringing on um Neil and Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin mm-hmm. just getting back to fitness, worried about his knee, a few balls in, who knows? Um yep. Calvert Lewin done quite well at our away to Arsenal a few times. Let's not forget that overhead kick, that player that can only head a ball. Scored yep. a phenomenal overhead kick um, against Arsenal. So, yeah, uh, let's see. Just options. We need options. We've got options all over the pitch now. Um, centre forward. If we can be sitting there now with two. Um, Ron Donald last is at reserve. I mm. just thought of his name. God love him. Um, he shouldn't be getting anywhere in there. So, as soon as Calvert Loon makes himself available, Ron Donald becomes irrelevant with all due respect to the, to the guy. Um, so, yeah, bring them on. Offer it. Yeah. Not fearless and fearless. Definitely, mate. It gives you a lot of encouragement, that last performance, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that we'd like to... Uh, did it, We covered everything, didn't we, really? We've uh, covered the derby tactically and you know done a player analysis and how shite they are, and then we looked ahead at Arsenal. So, yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything there. Well, just, um, just touching. John, what's your score prediction for Arsenal? Because we'll just do these all week, because I just want to know. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go two one Everton. What John, you pray? John, hold on. You feeling optimistic there? <laughs> well, I've got to be, mate. I've got to be. 
the last few have been really, really boring and just depressing. So why not? Um, play. What about you, Dave? Uh, I'd go one all. I think one all, and 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 we'll have a good performance there. But but one all, one all. Okay, and uh, Graham. I'm going one nil, Onana. Nice. I'd be happy with that. What about you, Andrew? You going with your three one again? I am, but we're gonna win. <laughs> yes, three nice. one Everton this time. We've got momentum. Like They're gonna be tactically kind of overcompensating. Something's got to give. There's going to be a screamer. There's going to be a header, and uh, some trash through the corridor of indecision. Yeah, I know. You know what? I know that Andrew's saying this sort of tongue in cheek, but with a fair bit of hope. But you know what? I'm not saying it'll come this week, but we're Judy Click at the top of that pitch, and when we do, and we will, when we do, I think. I don't know. I I I don't want to say it too loud, but you know. I think I think we'll, I think we'll be all right this year. I really do. Yeah, definitely, me. Ooh, scratch that. No quarter of a decision. Trash. We're gonna get a pen. I forgot Jaka exists, so we're gonna get a pen. <laughs> yeah, kind of Jaka. Well, I feel like I feel like the oddball out now. The Egypt saying one all, but I'll stick by it. <laughs> that would be a good result, Tom. Yeah, that's a sensible result. You can never ever change your mind on this pod ever. So uh, that's just the way it is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Graham, Dave, Andrew, thanks for joining me. And uh, we'll see everyone for the weekly uh, later on during the week. So yeah, Everton, aren't we? Everton, aren't we? Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton, aren't we podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWPodcast at gmail.com. This show is sponsored by 3 Transport Refrigeration Limited. They offer refrigerated transport breakdown coverage nationwide 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Check them out at www.3trl.co.uk or call 01925 Go ahead and check them out for all your refrigeration transport needs. Catch you in the next one, guys.